0: This is Amber Archives, and welcome to our episode 4. Uh, I'm Christian, your host, and I'm here with Keyho, and Frenchy. Hello, hello. What's up, guys? How, uh, how was your week in Keyforge today? Good? Good, good, good?
1: Yeah, pretty fun? good. Do
0: anything? Do anything fun, tournaments, anything like that?
1: Yeah, yesterday I went to uh, the top deck tournament. It was the chain-beating tournament. Uh, it was actually my second one, like I did one at Pax. Uh-huh. Uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, for anyone that is playing keyforge and haven't tried it yet, I would recommend you guys to actually uh, push it at your local tournaments if you have any person that wants to do a bidding tournament mm-hmm. um, it's It's like discovering another part of the game uh, really <laughs> literally so, yeah, so
0: so the deck you opened. You got to keep right or
1: no yeah uh so in that one um we opened the deck we were eight we opened everybody was opening a deck and we were keeping that deck right mm-hmm. um and during the bid we were like giving around our decks so that everybody was having the time to see if that uh, if the decks is good or not so we spent like maybe 10 minutes to see each other's deck mm-hmm. right and then after we started the bid, so the way we went into bidding is like, uh, the, 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 team, the team organizer was choosing one of us, right? Yeah. Randomly. Yeah, yeah. And then we pick up, pick up, we pick up one of the deck uh, that we wanted to bid on, and then we start the bid. Like, uh, uh, you, were, you were under the gun, you're not going to say anything for that one. And then the person on your left is going to say a bid. Uh, The maximum was 24. So if you beat 24, you win the 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 beat right off the bat, but you're probably going to lose the tournament. <laughs>
0: yeah, because you don't have any way. Yeah, to you don't have any. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's awful. Don't ever do that. Except if you want to like have that deck very bad, but <laughs> you're not going to enjoy it at all. And actually, when you think about it, you, you keep the deck that you're opening, right? Mm hmm. So it doesn't make sense to like be twenty-four uh, chains on right uh, on one deck, right? The fact and, that you
0: keep your deck it makes it makes the bidding kind of competitive and like actually real. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. When people just throw twenty-four chains at a horseman deck, it gets kind of ridiculous. Right. Exactly,
1: right. and that's what happened at packs. Like uh, at packs, we're bidding on the deck that we want to keep, and someone opened actually a horseman deck and. Yeah, just one person go right 24 bits, uh 24 chains and he just got the deck but didn't enjoy the tournament at all, I think.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, because so, you're basically not playing.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically not playing. Yeah, so yeah. don't do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh how would you end up doing at the tournament?
1: So yeah, um I end up being second. Uh I, I went know. against uh, someone that didn't like managed to got his deck with 40 chain. Mine has seven chain on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, um, it was a, a three round tournaments and, uh, it was pretty cool. Like actually having seven chain is not that bad. Um, sometimes we are going to, I think, talk about, um, more in depth for the bid, uh, bidding system. But, um, just so you know, um, when you start with seven chain, right? Um, you draw, uh, your hand. With the modifi- uh, modifier for the, for the chains, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you shade one chain right away. It's in a, it's in a row. You can, you can look at, um, at, um, the chain bidding system and you will see that at the setup, it does also shade the chain when you throw an account, meaning that if you're mullig- uh, mulliganing 2 you're going to shade one more chain.
0: Oh, so you shed shades on mulligans. That's awesome. Yes. That's yeah, awesome. So I- if you Mulligan
2: and go first, by the end of your first turn, you only have five
0: chains. If you start at two, seven. three less chains, yeah, no, three, you yeah, have three less chains.
1: Yeah, because you're going to play a card and then you can draw again. So yeah, oh, yeah. think about that. <laughs>
0: nice, nice. Um, yeah, that's cool. I I played a couple games, just tabletop games, like you know nothing nothing competitive, just crazy, crazy casual, <laughs> if you will. Uh, I managed to go infinite with one of our decks uh Damn. yeah uh it was a uh, library access seed triple phase shift deck <laughs> and All we right. for some reason we had it unsleeved like in our just regular just like look look at it later kind of pile and i didn't want to play with our sleeve decks, so i was just looking through our unsleeved decks so and like, you know let me try this out let me run it and the first time i twisted it it was literally like infinite just just played library access six times played phase shift six times. Got a crap ton of amber and just went off, and the guy I'm playing against, he's just like, "Well, hard to come back from that." (laughs) 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 No comeback. Yeah, yeah. I drew my whole deck. It was just, it was nuts. It was nuts. But yeah, that was that was pretty fun.
1: Um, I bet you sleep that one. After that, no, I didn't actually. I forgot.
0: I put it away and just did did, did sleep. I think it. it's sitting on the shelf next to me on. Stage. Then I played it. Then I played it. Oh no, no, it's not. It's at JB's right now. I played. I played it at JB's yesterday, and uh, and uh, that was a friend of mine. And he and he uh, he ended up beating it with one of his really good decks. He had triple hunting, much Taliga Key Charge deck. So it was not. That's su- good. Yeah, it was super 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 close, but two keys, two keys. But he ended up winning. Um. But yeah, that was that was my key forge adventures for the week. Uh, without further ado, though, let's get into the episode. Uh this episode is going to be titled Have a Plan. So we're going to be going over just the overall um winning strategies that each key forge deck kinda wants to do. So it's almost like uh there's three types of decks, right? There's there's uh combo decks, there's amber control decks. Um, and there's board control decks, right? Kind of like rock, paper, scissors, uh, overall broad, broad message, just trying to figure out what they want to do, how they want to win. And if you open up one of these decks, just like the key, the key components of, you know, trying to, trying to succeed and and, and get, get this deck, you know, going so yeah um, it's like
2: trying to be able to look at your deck and know from the cards in it what the deck's plan is correct you can start that
0: plan turn one and that way you could just learn to execute it and um aim further further get you know success with the with any given deck um so yeah uh this this uh week is going to be our house that we're choosing for our card spotlight studs and duds is going to be logos um i'm excited because i love logos cards
2: <laughs> yeah uh, you know I second am.
0: favorite second favorite house so absolutely love it um so let's get right into our card spotlight our first uh, card is going to be face shift so let's go into face shift Kehoe, Take it away what so face shift?
2: Shifts an action from logos that says you may play a card of a different house this turn mm-hmm. so basically when you're churning through your deck with like library access you get to face shift, draw a card, play the card from the other house, draw a card, and it also lets you play stuff like, say, Hysteria. You bounce all the logos, dude, you play this turn back to your hand, draw a card off the Hysteria, mm-hmm. replay the guys, draw a card off each one of them again. It face shifts how you really go off with the access combo.
0: Right. Yeah, I've, uh, I've actually prefer face shift over wild wormhole just because it's essentially... So like you get to play two cards with both cards. So like Wild Wormhole lets you play the top card of your deck, but it gives you an amber. Um, And Face Shift obviously lets you just play other houses. Like when Library Access is active, um, a lot of the times they either come with Wormhole or Face Shift in the deck. Um, And you know, nine times out of ten, I'd much rather have the Face Shift because not only does it allow you to get a card out of your hand, but it just allows you to you know. Generate a different combo, or you know, play different cards that are that that could synergize well with you, with your deck, and with your with your board at the time. Like you're yeah. talking about hysteria, and you know things of that nature.
1: It it opens a lot of plays. Face um, shift is by excellence the card that you want to play if you want to play combo. Um, let's say, for example, you have key charge, right? Um, Key charge might end up being a dead card in your hand if you don't have the support behind it in uh, on the board for untamed. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's say you don't have any untamed creatures and you have a key charge in your hand, it's going to be unlikely that you will have enough embers to just poke the key charge, right? Yeah. Uh, but let's say, for example, you have a bunch of logos dude on board and you have four uh, embers, three logos dude, and the face shift you rip the, uh, with the three logos dude, you play face shift, key charge, and then there you go. Like, it's, uh, you get the key, and it's, it's such game opening to have face shift in your hand. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, if you ever see a line of play that can lead up to you having a huge lead by playing a face shift uh, on, with a card of, of any other house, uh, you might want to just keep it, uh, keep the face shift in your hand. That's one of the cards I would like actually uh, not play right away, uh, and keep in my hand to open to open my my options.
0: Yeah, um, I've also seen it just be overall successful, just jamming it out because you're drawing one more card right at the end of the turn. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, let's true. say you have like three logos cards, but one of them is face shift. That's essentially four logos cards. You know what I mean? Because you're yep, essentially yep, yep. playing four cards at the at the end of the turn, so you're just drawing that much more of your deck, which is why I like it even more. Because not only does it like help you, um, you know, further your strategy, but it helps you just churn through your deck that much more and see more of the cards than your opponent.
1: You know. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Face shifts
0: just busted. Yeah, I mean, I I I, lo- I love face shift. Have you guys ever seen face shift be bad?
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: nope. <laughs> I don't think it can be.
0: Yeah. I mean I, I, I hate to disagree with you, Frenchie, but I, I don't I don't I don't like holding the face shift, to be honest. Like every time I see face no, yeah, shift I, I mean, like I that that's when I've seen it be bad, right? Like when, when you have to like hold in, you're just waiting for the right time to play it.
2: I love archiving it.
0: Yeah, archiving it's fine, but I, I, I disagree with holding it. I I don't, I don't know I don't know if you've had success with it, but
1: yeah, like, uh, you straight up having value out of it if you play it right away anyways, right? right? Like, uh, like you said, it's just like going to, uh, cycle your hand really quickly mm-hmm. so you can see more cards. Um, I'm just going to hold it if right. I know that there's like some busted stuff I can do. Like if I have library access, access
0: in the deck, I guess. And
1: yeah. I know that, uh, that I'm 10 card deeps in my deck mm-hmm. and, uh, there's an epenthesis coming through, right? I might just hold it because i uh, I want to go to... through.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Um. <laughs> although it doesn't make really much sense because like if you manage to to cycle through your decks, uh, you're going to reshuffle and you're probably going to redraw into Face Shift again. But um, it's um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a card that is worth thinking. I think like there's not many cards that I would keep in my hand. Uh, but Face Shift is one of them. That uh, that if it opens me options, I, I might want to uh, keep it in my hand. But hmm. I'll again, try that. like you said, I mean,
0: like I I snaps like play it as soon as I see like three or more locos cards in my hand. You know, what I mean with yeah. face shift. I'll hold it if I know I have a common for me. Coming. For me, like it's it, it's it's more of just churning through your deck and then just holding it, or ra- rather than holding it. Because for me, like four is enough. Like that that number has worked for me. If I know I have library access, then I'll tend to hold it like if it, if it if I have like you know five cards or something, like something crazy. But like it, it, it gets to the point where it's just too greedy. And like I've had success where I'm just playing it, you know, just to get yeah. yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. I'll try it, I'll give it a shot. Um But yeah, that's uh that's phase shift, guys. Um let's uh let's get into our main topic. So let's break down the uh, the major ways uh, in each individual person can win the game with the different strats. So like I said in the beginning, uh, there's the three types of decks we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the combo decks. We're going to focus on the amber control decks. And then we're also going to focus on um, the board control decks. So each of us are going to take. Take on one of these strategies, and we're just going to dive a little deeper on what um, the deck wants to do and what the strategy is, and the best best way going about it. So uh, we're going to start right off with uh, one of the favorites <laughs> of the three, the combo decks. Everyone loves the loves to hit one of those combos and uh, you know pop off at library access. <laughs> so uh, Kiho, want to talk about want to talk about the combo strategies?
2: Yeah, so the first thing you have to do when you play with a new deck is you're going to have to figure out the deck's plan by looking at the cards or by playing with it. But uh, when you're looking at your deck and you want to know if you have combo, there's uh, a lot of cards you can look for, like Library Access in Logos, uh, Nepotise Seed in Untamed or Key charging Untamed. If you have a lot of uh, arc- ways to archive cards and you have a Mars deck, that's something to look for. And there's uh, Epic Quest from Sanctum that lets you forge a key for free. So like you want to look for these cards in your list. And then starting from turn one, you want to play two of those big turns if your deck has them. So like with Logos, you want to play to getting library access off more than one turn. Sanctum, if you have Epic Quest, you want to set it up so that you're going to play all seven Sanctum cards in the same turn. Since you play seven, seven Sanctum cards in a turn... You sacrifice it. And you forge a key for free, and then there's the hunting witches and things in untamed. You can kind of set them up for a big turn where you play th- two, three witches and creatures afterwards, and you just have to play to those turns.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you? So how do you balance? I'm interested to hear your opinion on it. But like, how do you balance the? the fact that you know it's it's always bad general rule in in um, keyforge to hold cards in your hand right so like how do you balance the not holding cards in your hand but playing to your combo but at the same time like wanting to draw more cards like how do you how do you know when to like stop and when to go right like if you have one, two, one or two pieces of the combo in your hand
2: so a lot of these combos don't need that many specific cards, but they just need a couple and then a group of cards with them. Mm-hmm. Like Library Access Seed, it's better if you have Phase Shift, but as long as you have Logos cards, you're fine. Right. So there's only, like, one card you got to hold on to wait for the other one. There's also the archiving. As soon as I think a deck's a combo deck, I start looking for how many ways the deck has to archive. I look for the Lab Works, uh, the Archivist, and the Archaeologist. I think they both are. I think they both archive. Mm-hmm. Anything like that, I start looking for any ways to archive my combo cards, so then I can go off.
0: Right, makes sense. Um, so that 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 I is would, one way for sure. Frenchie, how do you how do you uh, how do you go about that?
1: Yeah, uh, archiving is a really big um, part of the combo. Like, if you manage to archive the combo cards, uh, it's going to be a lot easier for you to show, uh, go through your decks and uh, and find the pieces that you need. Um, i have like my preference over the combo i have my preference for the untamed one uh because of uh which of the eyes and seed. Mm-hmm. um when your cards is actually in the in a discard power uh it's much easier to <laughs> actually get them through seed or which of the eyes right mm-hmm. um for example uh if you if your deck has shoto asri or key charge and uh the action card named Fertility Fertility Shant. That's how you said it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, gain four
2: embers, they
0: gain two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Uh it's a really good action like it's a weird action card because like when you play it, you gain four embers right away, but you open and gain two embers too. Uh but
2: that in the key charge was the way I won my first tournament. My first tournament win for Keyforge was for child Tant in the Key Charge in an uh a sealed tournament.
1: Yes, and uh, that that's that's really good. And it's even better if you have Nepentheside or Witch of the Eye, because, uh, even if it, when it's in your, gra- when one of those cards is in your, uh, graveyard and the other card you just drew it, then you got your combo right away. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why, um, I will keep an eye looking for those untamed decks that has Witch of the Eye, Nepentheside, and see any kind of other cards in any other house that's actually going to open the uh some combo right right
0: so like i mean i see i see this like best case scenario right but like let's say you have key charge in your opening hand you know and and you're not able to assemble all the pieces as quickly as you would want like do you find yourself giving up on the combos most of the time in that situation or do you just take the risk and be greedy
2: for me it depends on how strong the combo is what about
0: what about you frenchy
1: I would say it depends on the board. Um, if my opponent is like one key ahead, I wouldn't push that combo out as much as I wanted to, and try to play just the board and and uh, you know uh, play catch up or try to go over uh, over my opponent. Like the combo is actually very nice if you manage to pull it off, and it's going to like pull you ahead by a lot. But uh, yeah, don't don't play the combo primarily. Like uh, if it happens, then it's good uh if it doesn't happen and you see that you're a little bit far uh, far um, behind your um, opponent just play the ball
0: <laughs> right right yeah cuz i feel like that's kind of at least for me that's it's one of the more difficult parts about the combo decks um is just knowing when to either abandon the combo and just pursue the normal strategy of you know generating amber or to hold on to cards which is tendency ten- which is a lot of the time bad um, and just pursue the combo and be greedy. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I would say it's, um, it's a delicate
0: if, balance, if you will. You know? Yes,
1: yes, to- to- totally. I would say the more you play a deck that has a combo gimmick in it, uh, the better you will be knowing when you have to push the combo and when not. Um, it comes. With, it comes with experiences. I think. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, that's it for our combo decks segment. Uh, let's go to Amber Control. Um, that would be my topic. Uh, so <laughs> Amber Control uh, for me is all about, you know, um, stealing from shadow or stealing, uh, you know, Amber. You know, most of the time it's in shadows, sometimes in logos. Uh, it's a lot of capturing. So a lot of times your captures are going to be... in sanctum or dis um and your and hand control which is a lot of the times in either shadows or dis um but but yeah so it's basically making sure that your opponent um his amber supply is under control is under what you want it to be a certain number under under what you want it to be so obviously you want them under six amber um but a lot of the times in order for them to do that you have to let them get to like seven or eight Amber, you know, um, and it's a, it's a delicate balance where you have to deal with like, do you allow them to get up to a certain Amber? Are they going to even get up to that Amber? Because a lot of the times they'll just stay at six, you know, um, and it's it's very interesting for me, at least uh, when when your opponent, when you allow your opponent to to reap with a certain creature, like you don't kill a creature or you. Don't interact with their board a, a, a lot of the time, so that they can get up to a certain number, so that you can either cap three of it, or you know, uh, burn the stockpile, you know, <laughs> with Brobnar and just and just yeah. kill kill, the, kill their their, their pile. Um, but I, I I find it at least uh, a little tricky um, on the control side of things uh, when doing that. Um, but I've had I've had some success. Uh, where I'll just allow my opponent to get to a certain amount, like seven or more, or whatever, and then you know is, are still able to control uh, what they produce. So, like I've, it, uh, yesterday, for example, I was playing one of my friends, and he had like eleven amber, and he's like, "Pass, I'm definitely gonna forge key." Talking a bunch of trash, <laughs> and, I, and then I played like a bunch of disc guys, just like okay. uh <laughs> Cap three, cap three. If you have four more, steal one. If you have four more, steal one. At the end of the turn, you lose one. And then I was, just, and then he was just like, "Well, crap! I have four now, so I can't." <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, I've I've had success uh, with with these amber control decks, um, and it's it's definitely it caters to a different playstyle, but never feel like you're too far behind. Um, especially you know with with amber control, like you want them to be able to generate the amber. So it's going to feel like you're behind, but you're actually not, you know, as long as you maintain true to the strategy and you you, you steal, you know, X amount or you capture X amount, um, you should end up being fine. Um, a lot of the times you're just going to miss and they're going to end up just forging. But, um, you know, if you stay true to it and you, you know, you maintain maintain that 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 uh, that level of control, then you should be able to, to succeed. Um, how have you guys? Yeah. How have you guys experienced uh, Ember Control decks?
1: Um, I really like that strategy, and I would say that among all the strategies, uh, Ember Control, with all the capture and the steal mechanic too, um, is actually the best because uh, even when you're behind, you actually have a way of getting back in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas that if you play Ball Control or even Combo, uh, you're not guaranteed to uh come back in the game yeah exactly and like that's... you're
0: never really behind in amber control like yeah yes. they can have two keys but i've come back from two keys yeah you know, two key hard. deficit and you know it, don't get me wrong it's super stressful it's super hard
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> and i don't
0: recommend it but yes. but at the same time like you know it, it may seem like you're in such far of a deep hole but you know then all of a sudden it's just like okay key hammer Beam switch, uh, you know, like it just, it just, it, 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 it it can can get out of hand, you know, with the, with the board, with the board control. Exactly. Yeah. Totally.
1: And yes, and um, I know that's your your favorite strategy because, like, it's also very emblematic of the Shadow's house, Mm -hmm. uh, where you have all the steel mechanism and capture. Like the two, the two captured dudes I like the most in, uh, in um, Shadow is actually Old Bruno, right? oh yeah he's great he's great yeah he's great it's like elusive i think he's always three two and chapter three so he's out of range of most of the um direct direct damages Mm -hmm. uh spells and it has elusive so if you want to kill him by creatures you have to send two creatures which is pretty obnoxious yeah and deal three damage to
0: two creatures
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other one I saw yesterday is, I think, Magda the Thief or something Magda like this. Magda the Rat, you talking about? Magda the Rat, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magda the Rat's
0: good
1: too. Steal yeah, one she... and
0: then when she leaves, they steal it's
1: one. Steal two, or isn't Steal two. No, steal yeah. two, two. 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 So, steal two, power four, four. I'm like, why? <laughs> and uh, and he got elusive too. So, like, if you want to send, you have to send two dudes. And uh her other uh, capacities, like when she leaves place, then your opponent can steal 2, but good luck on trying to kill her if you are putting her next to, for example, Shadow Self. Yeah. And uh, it's very, very difficult. Like, um, uh, And she's not bad. Like, Steal 2 is actually a swing of 4. When I, when I say swing of 4, it's like your opponent is going to lose 2 and you are going to uh, go up by 2, so on the race overall. It's a swing of four. Yeah, and, pretty much. Yeah, and still is such a good mechanics. Like, it's a little bit busted when I think about it. Uh, like capture, I can see, like, there's a redemption capture. Like, you you capture something on your creatures. If your opponent kill it, then you can get get it back. Mm-hmm. But still it's a straight up. All right, your opponent is going to like gain the ember, and you're going to lose the ember, and you cannot do anything about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've definitely um had some success doing that, and um, you know it's it's definitely one of my own tra- one of my favorite strategies for sure. Um, I don't recommend it if you uh, don't enjoy playing from behind, because ninety percent of the time you're gonna play from behind, <laughs> and it's gonna feel like you're you're, you're really behind. But like like Franchi said, um, you know it, you're not really behind. Like you, you you thrive and succeed, you know, from you know a uh, amber deficit. Um, and just maintaining maintaining that, that uh, aspect of control, for sure.
1: All right, yeah, and um, boy, if you're like ahead, you just keep on going and just don't let your opponent have a key. And that's the most <laughs> raging experiences, Oh I, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs>
0: um, yep. All right, Frenchie, you want to get into our third and final uh, overall strategy? So it's called board control?
1: Yes, board control. So basically, it's like playing the board and... Not trying to, uh, play more cards from your hand if you have like a really good board uh, on play. Uh, it's like there's some, there's some turns or some games when you're going to have a really good hand where you will have like three, four creatures of the same house and just slap them on the board, right? Mm -hmm. And usually when you do that, uh, your opponent is not going to like answer, uh, with the same amount of creatures that you will have. And the turn, right after when you're going to play, after you play all those creatures, usually you won't have that much card of the same house either because you just play like four or five cards of the same house. It's really likely that you are going to draw cards from the two other house, right? Right. So the question is, would you rather choose that house and rip, or try to choose another house and play the other cards? And the answer is, it depends. On the opponent's <laughs> board and what they did in, in the turn. Uh, let's say your opponent just play two action cards, like, um, uh, ghostly hands from shadows that give you two embers, right? Right. And like another card that he, that is going to damage one of your creatures, but doesn't kill it, right? And that's all they do. And you have like four creatures on your, on the, on your um, uh, side. Like let's say, for example, do fairy, the untamed one, that's uh when you reap, you're going to gain another ember. Um uh, victory, uh the one that when you reap, you can stun an exhausted creature. Um or even Inca spider, when you reap or play you can stun, stun an, uh, Yeah,
0: Yeah, my cards so
1: good. Uh, those those cards actually when you when you have for, uh, for me if I have those three cards on board and my opponent just pay like a turn that is not really great for them. I will just choose untamed, even if I don't have any card untamed in my hand and just rip, rip. Huh. Uh, because you're going to like stun two creatures on the other side, right? Uh, with, uh, Inca, Spider and, uh, and the Big Twig, uh, tree. I don't remember big the twig. name of the card. Big, big twig, twig, yeah. Twig, yes, Big Twig. Uh, so you're going to stun. Two creatures and then get two embers and then we do fairy you're going to get two embers more it's it's more than half a key it's like you're going to get ahead your opponent is going to get behind because you're playing cards that is actually controlling the board and uh yeah uh it's up to the opponent to find a solution against that Uh, it's really hard like um if you want to play ball control right look at how far ahead you would get by just only reaping with your creatures. Right. And uh
2: well, I think fighting too, if you have Brobnarly of the creatures that fight to gain Amber.
0: Yes. Yeah, yes, and Sanctum as well. Like they're just their value of the dudes, like the the pure raw stats of their of the of the guys are, are are super you know, super big. Yeah. You know? Yes. What I'm
2: looking for when I do this like looking at this strategy is how many big, stompy, Brobnar, and Sanctum dudes do I have, and how much removal do I have? Because I don't... I just want the other opponent to have no creatures, and then whenever I left over after killing their stuff, I it with.
1: Yes, right. correct. Because there is a like time when your opponent is not going to answer uh, with enough creatures on the board. Like, uh, if you keep removing them, uh, your opponent is is not going to, like, play more creatures. That's, that's the stuff. Like, you keep killing them. Your opponent keep on trying to put them out. But you're keeping controlling them. And at some point, your opponent won't have anything left. Right. And that's when you're going to rip a big turn and just like get ahead. So yeah, that's really good. We've, with, uh, we with yeah, you, you add the blinding light and then rip with you dude, are you, uh, with you dude, you're going to kill uh, your opponent's creatures and you play Virtuous work. We give you three embers, right? Right. Um. Right. Bobnar has a lot of cards like this too. So yeah, just look at how your deck can um can play the boss control and you'll quite much will have like a really good turn. Like it's 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 a mid rangey strategy, I would say.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I'll
2: I'll put this into perspective a little bit with the last time I played a deck with this with this strategy. My final turn was reap seven sanctum guys past turn.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, now your opponent has to answer that, and if they don't have an answer, you got the key. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you come from like let's say you're going board control versus board control? How do you where do you find yourself if they have more of a board than you do? So like, how do you look uh, at cards play like Coward's end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coward's End, Gateway to Disc? So to you to just disk. turn to your removal at that point, pretty much. Not, yeah, and no longer your guys.
1: Yes, and. Um, let's say let's say they just got the, like a big board so probably they just play a lot of creatures uh you still have one turn where you can just all right uh i'm going to lose the ball control i'm just going to reprove everything and then i'm just going to hope to have a, a removal for that like a board removal mm-hmm. get way to this uh cobalt sand like you said or even uh, ammonia cloud um that's the best answer like uh, if you're going to see if you see that you're going to lose the ball control just take the most value of your creatures, right away, right. and find for like a, a, bo- a board removal.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I rarely run board control decks, um, but when I do, you know, I try. To, I try to keep keep much as a board as possible. But uh, just playing from behind, from a board control standpoint, seems pretty uh, pretty oppressive. <laughs> so yeah, that, it's uh, a I always a, wondered. Uh, that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always wondered like where to go from there you
1: know yeah it's a little bit hard that uh you have to like out uh out resource your opponent like it's 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 not the nicest way to like when you're behind with ball control it's going to be really really hard to get back in the game yeah i feel sure. like
0: board control is probably <laughs> the hardest to get back from because all you have is dudes right so if every dude you play they just kill you know, or or they they manage to get rid of like you're just playing one or two dudes at a time like you know it's never really a, essentially a board control strategy at that point. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very difficult sometimes, but uh, but yeah. All right, let's uh let's get into studs and duds. Uh, this week our stud is gonna be Chaos Portal, Frenchie. What is Chaos Portal? Like?
1: Chaos Portal. That's a logos artifact mm-hmm. action. Uh you choose a house and rebuild the top card of your deck. If it is of that house, you can play it. Nice. And that's an amazing card.
0: Nice. Why is this uh, uh why is this one of our studs?
1: Because um when I look at it, I was like, right, you have to guess at uh, the house to play it, right? Uh if you didn't guess right, then your opponent is going to see the card and you are going to be like Well, uh, you give information to your opponents now and then, uh, you couldn't, and if you guess wrong, you cannot play the card. So it's bad, right? Uh, it's actually very good toward the end of uh, the game. Like when you have, uh, a few cards left in your deck, you can actually go through your discard pile and see what, how many cards is left in your deck. Like, which house has the most cards in your deck? Yep, yep, yep. Um, when that happens, well, Cast spot is going to let you play another card, and that's great if you have delivery access. Absolutely, yeah.
0: I've had w- a lot of success with this card, and like you said, it thrives as the game goes on. So it gets super, it gets better, you know, the later the game goes, right? The thinner your deck becomes, because then you're able to look through your discard pile, see how many of a certain house you have, see how many, you know, cards in hand you have of a certain house, and the numbers and percentages get you know higher and higher to hit you know on this on this given card, and the fact that like let's just say you do hit that's an extra card, even if it's of a different house that's just an extra card out of your deck on the board you know in the in in play on the battlefield whatever you know and and it's just it's that much more value it's it's better than drawing you know what I mean because you're actually just straight up playing it. You know, you don't have to choose yeah. a certain house. You don't have to, you know, you don't like if it's a disc house. If you were to drew that discard, card, you would have had to choose this, You know, you know, alter the way you take a turn. This card allows you to break that rule. You know, and just straight up play it. You know, it's almost yeah, like it's a, a
2: repeatable wild wormhole.
0: Yeah, it's a repeatable wild wormhole. So, you know, when you fall into like, on the surface, when I first looked at this card, I'm like, oh, dude, you can only play one third of your deck you know, best case scenario, you, you play a card, whatever, like, but you're still, you're still having to, like, you know, miss, and, you know, what, what if you don't hit it, you know, then your opponent gets more information, like Frenchie was saying, but, you know, at the end of the day, when I played this card, like, I think I played it for the first time, like, you know, three, four games in a row, like, I was, I was amazed by how many times I would hit with this thing. Yeah, you would miss, obviously, you know, no one's ever perfect, and, you know, statistics are statistics, but, the the times that you hit and the better it gets later on it goes because half the time it's in a really controlling deck anyway like it it's it, it's it's very it's very good and can get very out of hand, um at least from from what I've seen for sure. Keo, how do you feel about yeah. this card? Well,
2: I love Wild Wormhole. <laughs> so, I, mean, I love this card even more yeah yeah <laughs> the best part is when you play it on the same turn as library access and that random card you just played off the top of your deck draws you a card too
0: yeah well yeah. it can't be on the same turn because enters tapped but the next turn you, yeah i know yeah, yeah. i'm saying sure. when you already have it out when yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. when you hit with library um, active whew, so good
1: <laughs> yes and it's a bit like it's a war, war home but like uh, with a little bit of face shift in it because you're, you will be able to play, play the other house too. Right, right. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, why
2: are exactly. Warhol let you play the other house?
1: Oh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come on, French. We're <laughs> podcasters, man. Oh. We can't mess up. <laughs> 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 um, I would say there's a plus uh, for that card. Uh, if you have Dexter, Dexter, how you say that? Dexter. Dexter, Dexter. yeah. Yep, yes. yep play the heck of it like you have text <laughs> out oh they kill it goes you... on top hey i know it's on yeah, top <laughs> exactly that's that's amazing yeah. and um uh a little bit of a warning too uh if you have a board um a really nice state of board right mm-hmm. don't and you know that you have get way to this or Cowat's hand in your deck <laughs> don't play it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be or, at least, you can, you, or at least, or at least, don't you
2: can use Chaos portal, but just don't name. Just that don't name house. that house. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my. Right. That's right. name. You like do that shadows
0: thing. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be the worst. No, I've seen <laughs> some wild wormhole shenanigans with that. Like he has a super. My opponent had like a super far headboard. Played wild wormhole and then boom, coward's end. <laughs> Your boy's yeah. dead. And he's got chains. And he's got chains. <laughs> he's got chains. Have fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's... <laughs> I saw uh, that, through I saw that, pretty problematic. No, for sure. No, but one of the decks that I played Chaos Portal in, they had Dexter. So, like, Dexter, you know, being... If you don't know what Dexter means, it capture, captures one on entry. When it's destroyed, it goes on top of your deck, right? So, they ended up destroying yeah. it, put it on top of my deck. I chose Logos. I, you know, chose um, Logos with Chaos Portal and flipped it up, played it for free, so... <laughs> yep, yeah, yep. there's definitely some magical <laughs> Christmas land stuff you can do. <laughs> um, so, our dud for this week is Harlan Mindlock. I want to get into what Harlan Mindlock does?
2: All right, so it's a one drop in Logos, and when it comes into play, you can take control of an enemy flank creature as long as it stays in the battlefield.
0: If anyone's played
2: any game where mind control is a card, It's usually very good, but the problem is this one comes with the rider that when it leaves play, you have to get the creature back, Mm. and it's a one-drop. So 90% of the time you play this guy, he's not surviving a turn cycle, and they're just going to take their card back. He doesn't give you any amber or anything, so he literally accomplished nothing. Right. Plus, if you take a card of a house you don't have in your deck, you have to name that house to use it. So most likely, it's going to sit there and do nothing.
0: Right. Right. I mean, I could see, I could see you trying to set this up, but I, as we were talking, you know, before we recorded the show, like there's so many things that have to go right in order for this thing to like even do anything, right? It's too high <laughs> like, a setup cost. Yeah, exactly. Like the setup cost has to be like one of the part of it has to be like, oh, was well, that flank creature part of my deck? Can I use it effectively? Does my opponent need it? Uh, then how am I protecting this thing? Like it's one life. It, it's it, it's. It, it can die from, you know, a breeze, you know, in the wind, <laughs> you know, like it literally dies everything, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really tough to set up and even tougher to, you know, execute. I feel like it's just not worth it, especially like, you know, with everything that, that, that the, uh, the card entails, like it's just not, not enough payoff to be honest.
1: Yeah. Like the, the way I was trying to play the Harlan Manlock, uh, in one of my deck to have like some kind of um champion an affair or torn creature next to it right so it doesn't die right away but what it turns into is actually like a kind of removal like you're taking one of the big dude and uh and you hope that the mind lock is not going to die and right. that's it <laughs> Right, right, right. so that's that's kind of like a bad removal on the stick and it doesn't feel good at all um uh, I would say the best way of playing it is actually try to get a logos creatures from your opponent and then kill that logos creatures with one of their other creatures so that would be uh one card two cards stuff style
0: yeah but best um, case scenario you take control of the creature you fight with the creature you just took control of end up killing it and another one of your opponent's creatures so yeah, and then you end yeah. up killing two creatures, yeah. But again, it would have to live, it would have to be a creature that you ha- can use, and it would yes, have to... it has to be Logos. Yeah, no it has it's, to be Logos, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's just... Yeah. It's so... On you the say, surface, these things are rare, it's like, take control of a creature, what? But, like, it's not... It, it, like I said, a, the definition of a dud is an overrated card that actually, in practice, is pretty bad. So, like, yeah. you know, when, when, when you actually come down to the, you know mean of potatoes and this thing's out on the field, like it's just not it's not doing what you expect it to do.
1: Yeah. And actually that card is also a rare. Yeah, exactly. So it's a rare on top yeah. of that.
0: On top so it's it gives it even scary. more hype. The card. it gives it even more hype. <laughs> False hype, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. don't get me wrong, when this card's online and the stars align you enter the world of magical Christmas land and you're able to, you know, achieve you know, greatness, this, this card's a superstar, but other than that, you know, most of the time, nine, I would say 95% of the time, it's, it's probably just going to die and, you know, not yeah. do what you want it to do. <laughs> it dies for a reason and literally did nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, that does it for our Studs and Duds segment, and that does it for episode four. I have a plan. So uh we hope you uh took something away from this episode and uh enjoyed it. Um, you know, you can always follow us on Twitter at Archives Amber. No uh no space in between that. Um but yeah, just tweet us tweet us what you thought about the episode, tweet us any ideas for future future episodes. We are looking for a house suggestion for next week, uh for our card spotlight slash and does segment. Um we have done logos, discs, and shadows. So we're looking and for the other. Bravnar, two. technically. Well yeah, kind of Brabnar, but it doesn't really count. So we still have Bravnar and Untamed and Sanctum left. So um so yeah, just let us know. And Mars. Oh and Mars, yeah. And let us know which one of those you want us to 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 hit up and uh, focus on in the coming weeks. If you guys if you guys want
2: some written content, I'm going to be writing in series for Cosmic Crucible mm-hmm. with one of their writers. It's going to be a uh, set review type thing. If you guys have seen that for Games Like Magic, we go through and we grade all the cards.
0: Nice. Nice. Very nice. That's cool. All right. Check it out. Um, well, till next week, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Christian, and this is Amber Archives, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Take care. See you guys. Have a good week. See ya. Bye.